0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, you can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this lollygagger Thursday morning edition of Footnotes. You know... You know, soldier, I've noticed you're always last. Pacing myself, sir. I mean, I I just have this idea that the Astro it's why I was so excited about Tuesday's win, because they got to win. It's like, you know, I just you can just sense it. Michael Schwab talked about it the last two weeks. You could just sense it. They're fixing a lollygag over the next month of the season. Just a bunch of lollygaggers. Isn't that a great word, by the way? Lollygagger. I, I could just feel it. They're just, it's like they're just going through the motions. Now, a couple good things happened last night. Icky hit a homer and a line drive to center for a single. Uh, El Pedro, who's been in a big slump, hit a homer to tie the game, a big one off of a tough lefty. By the way, how do these teams like the Rangers lose? The Rangers, the Astros can't get them out. And they bring out these relief pitchers. They all all their ERA start with one. And they're putting everything right on the corner. How do they lose so many games? I don't get it. But anyway, um, you know, it, it always makes me nervous and frustrated when I, oh the Astros, you know, oh they got Verlander, they're gonna win. Of course they're gonna win. What, that's a that's a football comment. This ain't football. This is baseball, and baseball did it again last night. Justin Verlander oh, going to win the Cy Young? Who cares about the Cy Young? Who cares about the Cy Young? I mean, I don't want to hear any more about Justin Verlander winning the Cy Young. They could go give the award, you know, in somebody's basement and I don't even want to I don't care about the Cy Young. Just up just outpitch Glenn Otto for me. Just do that. Let's let's start with Outpitching pitching Glenn Otto, and then we'll worry about some stupid award that means nothing. The Cy Young. Who cares? I don't want to hear about that junk anymore, the Cy Young. How about you outpitch Glenn Otto? Now, again, it, we, we talked about it the day before. Another classic example of baseball getting you. Glenn Otto, the Rangers had lost... The Rangers had lost eight straight games that he started in. He hadn't won a game since June. And Justin Verland, that's all they talked about. Oh, he's the, the runaway favorite for the Cy Young. Who cares? The Cy Young. Who cares about all this individual jump? Just stop lollygagging. So we, you know, and so what happens? Justin Verlander gets outpitched by Glenn Otto. Now, why is that? Because the the Rangers, I don't know how the Rangers don't win more. Because, I mean, the Astros can't get him out. Corey Seager. Who can he hit? Adoles Garcia. Now, to be fair, Adoles Garcia does way better against the Astros than most teams he plays. He owns the Astros. I don't know why, but he does. He owns them. They can't get him out. Adoles Garcia. Can't get him out. And then last night... I don't think Leotis Le Tavares is any good at all, but he 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 had this career night last night. Couldn't get him out. Could not get him out, and he's not even good to me. But man, they got some guys that can hit. This cat, uh, the first baseman, he just he he just he's constantly on base against Astro. Hit he has like I think he's second or third in the major leagues in opposite field hits. The guy's just constantly. Pest. Can't get them out. But the biggest problem is Astros, once again, played at home. I appreciated that out of the blue, they scored some fluke seven runs against a pitcher that owns them on Tuesday. I mean, again, that was a great victory, especially for, you know, in this lollygagging phase they're going through. It's going to be a long August. Got to hear all this stuff about football season. And, 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 and how it started, and, it, and it's not, and we're still a month away, so you got a month to wait for this stuff. And then now in the Astros, in the meantime, are going to lollygag. I got to watch Bregman top a ball to shortstop. Can he just like, I'd rather him hit the ball to the pitcher, okay? You know, that's all Bregman does is hit the ball to shortstop. Top the, roll over on the ball to shortstop. Roll over on the ball to shortstop. That's all that got. A 3-0 pitch, roll over on a ball to shortstop. That's all he does. Hit the ball to shortstop. Like, I'd rather him hit to the pitcher because the pitcher might throw it into center field a few times. I wish Cruz control for Bregman would be hit the ball to the pitcher. But that's all he does, hit the ball to shortstop, hit the ball to shortstop, hit the ball right at him. And, and, and he don't make the shortstop. The shortstop do not even have to move. When Bregman hits it, he hits it right to the shortstop. He don't even make the guy move to make the play, just right at him. Every time. Unbelievable. So the Astros play again today. 110 first pitch Framber Valdez against a guy, I think, making his second major league start. I think his last start was his first major league start. Um, Reagans. And, and who knows what's going to happen. Then you got this other issue. Um, a lot of Astro fans highly upset that Trey Mancini never plays. And that why trade for him if he never plays? There was a theory. There was a theory last year. I, I don't know that it was ever proven or verified, but that uh Dusty was not happy with the moves before the All-Star break. He gets real loyal to his guys and he doesn't. He kind of shuns the newcomers. He was real mad that Straw was traded. And I guess he's really into team chemistry and, and all of that. And so, you know, Mancini's not been playing. Vasquez has played some, but not a lot. And um, Mancini came on last night, got a ba- a pinch hit, base hit. Uh, of course, you know, all that did was put Yuli in a position to have to do something. and He never does anything anymore. Um, and so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Uh, I know Dusty's not there, but supposedly he's making out the lineup every day. They're just talking on the phone or whatever. And, and he's making out the lineup every day still. So, uh, you know, I don't know. They're going to have to figure that out. I I, don't have time for all these silly little games between the manager and the general manager. I mean, you know, they figure it out. Like the man needs to play a certain amount of time. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have to, they need to, they, you know, they need to figure out, they need a spark right now. Cause all they're doing is lollygagging, yeah. you know, play, play him like he better start at first base today. And what really makes no sense is they started a left-hander two nights ago and McCormick who can't hit right-handers. They played him then. And then last night, they didn't play him then, and then last night they started a right-hander, the great Glenn Otto, and uh, and and he started him against the right-hander. It doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. They, I, I don't have time for all this silly little Little League stuff. Oh, he's playing this kid and not that kid. I don't have time for that foolishness. Unbelievable. It's going to be a long – the rest of this month's going to be long. I mean, long. It's gonna be a long month because you got to hear all this foolishness going into football and how it's football season, but it's not football season. We st- they never play a game. Speaking of that, they're gonna play a game tonight. I just don't have the patience for football. They never play a game. But on TV tonight, on NFL Network, if you're interested, the Patriots will play the Giants. Um. And we're going to talk about the Patriots some in, later in today's show, and uh, two you know very interesting case studies, as I like to call them. Um, I think Daniel Jones has gotten a little bit of a bad rap. I think when you never when your offensive line is a constant problem, and you have a different offensive coordinator every year, and you draft a running back really high, and he never plays because he's always injured. It's kind of it, uh, – it amazes me how many people can't think past their nose to say, you know what, this guy, has he really gotten a fair chance? Like, he's got a different coordinator every year. He's got no offensive line. His wide receivers are always hurt. His tight end leads the league every year or in the top two or three and drop passes every year. And his running back that they drafted it, 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 it never, never plays. He's always hurt. Boy, he's gotten a fair, fair shake. Yeah, you know, I hear people all the time, it's like, Daniel Jones, he's terrible. Well, how do we know what he is? We have no idea what Daniel Jones is. None. We have no idea. None. None. Well, he's turns it over. Well, of course he turns it over. His tight never catches the ball. He's not there anymore. His wide receivers are always hurt. He has no offensive line, although the offensive line this year could be a little better. And and his And his supposed... All pro to be running back never plays. And they got a, they got a, you know, some of the time he's had Joe Judge as his head coach, a guy who, who they hired as a special team who had no business being hired for a head coach. No business at all being hired. So he's had no coaching. He's had erratic coaching. He got no running back. He got no inj- no healthy receivers. He's got no offensive line. Well, I mean, you know, it's a game of horse between. Quarterback—that's all football is. Fat cat. I know I'm fat, but I know this: there's more position. There's more than one position on on a football field. And coaching matters. And they ain't had any of it. But everybody's convinced that this poor cat. And I have no idea if he's any good. I'm just saying we have no idea. We have no idea how good Daniel Jones is. None, because because he he he's dealt with nothing but junk since day one he got there. So we don't know. So you got that. Supposedly his running back's healthy. He's ready to play. They've built up their offensive line. So this could be the first. In my mind, in the evaluation process of Daniel Jones as a quarterback, to me this is the first year. All that other stuff means nothing. I mean, he was playing with a bunch of junk, backups. And you know what? He was still good enough to come to the Superdome and win last year. That was just absolutely sick. You know, of all the things that happened last year, that game was probably the most sickening. And it was one of the games that if they had the kicker, I think they win the game. Also think it was a classic. Sean Payton lost that game. Uh, Casper to quitter. And I think that's a game that if it's managed differently, that even though they played poorly, they would have won. And so we'll see how that plays out. The Mariners... Got another win yesterday. I wonder of all the people, not, and I always say national. It's not just national. Local people say it too. I wonder if all the people who a month ago, two months ago, were saying how, oh, they, 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 all the teams in American League East are going to be the playoffs, and everybody else besides the Astros, they're all irrelevant. They're all irrelevant. when well, Astros can't score more than three runs in a home game. Unless it's a fluky situation. And um, the Mariners are good. They just won back-to-back series against the Yankees. Um, you know, the the White Sox got a bit, a bad break. I don't know with Tim Anderson being out. I, I don't know if they're going to um, be able to to make it up. But I'm telling y'all, the Cleveland Guardians can pitch. They can pitch. And they've hit a little better than I thought they were going to hit. Uh, they're for real. And the twin, the, the problem with the twins is the twins, the twins are scared to death of the big teams. They just, they can beat the little guys, which the Astros can't do, but they're scared to death. Like when they play the Yankees, they just cower down. They play the Dodgers, the punks. They just cower. When they play the Astros, they normally just cower. They just, I don't know what it is about them. It's like, oh, they talk about him on ESPN all the time, so we're just scared to death of him. That's kind of how the Twins are; they're just scared to death of these teams. I would have thought that Carlos Correa would fix that a little bit, but he hadn't fixed it. The the Twins just cower to the to the big teams. They just, and then you got teams like the Rangers and the Royals. They just crush them. Justin Verland, you know, Jose Arquidi nine straight. Nine straight quality starts. Got the best ERA in baseball over the last nine starts. The Rangers just crushed them. Crushed them. Justin Verlander against the great Jim Otto. The Astros are going to win. They got Justin Verlander pitching. He's going to win the Cy Young. Didn't you know that? The Cy Young got outpitched by Glenn Otto. Rangers just crushed him. Unbelievable. Well, he's going to win the Cy Young. Speaking of that, boy, the little MVPs won again last night. I don't know what's gotten into the little MVPs, but they've been winning games. I tease them all the time, so I'm going to try I try to give them credit where credit's due. They've been winning. They can be days. We can figure out if the lolligaggers can be days. Oh, man, they better be days. They need to win today. I need the Astros to win today and sweep the A's. Tired of losing to the A's. The little MVPs are beating them. Astros should be able to beat them. This is our little mini project. Let's see if the Astros, and look, if they score, you know, nothing nothing over eight counts. That's the rules. We're going to see if the Astros can average five runs a game. Nothing over, anything over eight counts as eight. I don't want to, oh, they score one game, 15 other games, to score two. That's stupid. That means nothing to me. Nothing. So nothing over eight, everything over eight counts as eight. And let's see if the Astros can average five runs a game on the last four games of this homestand, playing the A's and the Rangers. See if they can average five runs a game over the next four. It's time to get a base. Let's mix in a base hit every once in a while. It's going to be a long month. Long month of August. Long, long. All right, we'll shift gears a little bit to football. It's just lose. I'm uh, losing these games where they just no one can ever get a hit. It's just this it, The Astros are starting to look like the Yankees. That's not a good thing. It's like if they don't hit a home run, they cannot score a run. They never get a hit with a runner in scoring position. And you know what? Home runs shouldn't count on that. When they talk about what is your batting average, at runner and score position? We need to not count home runs. I, I want to see a little baseball play. The Astros starting to look way too much like the Yankees for me. Way too much. Not the pitching part. I'm talking about the hitting part. They either hit a home run or they, they cannot score. No one ever gets a base hit with a runner and score position. That has got to stop. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Shift gears to football because some things I just don't get. We'll try to figure them out next on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created. Also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 103-7 Lavia 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, Astro Getaway 4. It's getting closer. August Saturday, August the 27th. Astros will be playing the Orioles. Hopefully Glenn Otto is not pitching for them. Um you can register uh, to be eligible for this prize at the game clubhouse. And if you are eligible, you could win four tickets to the game, a tour Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for this Saturday evening. Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We are going to shift gears to football. And try to figure something out that I don't really get, but we will at first go to the game hotline. Hello.
2: Morning, foot.
1: Good morning.
2: Not having a good morning this morning. Oh uh, no,
1: I'm just tired of never being able to score runs at home. It's just, it's just really, nah. really old.
2: Did you, uh, did you think five names this morning for uh her beating the Yankees last night?
1: Look, I um. I right, sir, she knows my appreciation for her little team and, and and how they've been beating the Yankees, yes.
2: Now, I got a couple of questions for you. One being why every time the Astros play the Rangers, they make the Rangers look like a World Series team?
1: Rangers look unbelievable to me. I, I, I mean, Corey Seager, I mean, that guy, I don't think he's ever had a batted bat against the Astros. I have ever, that guy, Corey Seager. And Adolas Garcia yeah, I, is just unbelievable against the Astros.
2: I mean, I thought they were gonna smoke uh, Texas last night because they had Justin Verlander nope. on the mound. I mean, I, I mean, didn't he have still still have? Well, how many strikeouts he had last night?
1: I'd have to look it up, but I, I think it was I only think, about six, huh? I don't think it was a great amount. Six or seven. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, they always something with the Rangers and the and the Mariners. That I mean, uh, the Mariners, the Rangers. Or oh, the Royals. And, and they can't uh, get the Royals
1: out. Can't get yeah, them. Get
2: the Royals. Yeah. And, and something up. with their home field. Maybe they need to start playing in Asia. Maybe. Well, they can, maybe they, they can. They can pitch there. Look,
1: it's more important to pitch well. I get that. And they pitch normally very well there, except for man, you know, the the, the Rangers nah. crushed their on on Tuesday, but but they can't hit there. I, I can't figure it out.
2: Right now, I'm a shift a little gears here. Uh, I saw your quarterback got hurt, huh, Jameis?
1: Uh he he just tweaked a foot. They said he's gonna be fine.
2: But uh, I'll, I because I praised him. A few, hope he don't stay uh hurt the whole year. But, yeah, I'm worried about uh, that. Y'all always got that. the good yeah. old, y'all always got the good old red rifle. And uh, nah, I don't like him. And if you get too tired of him, you know uh, just but that guy's gonna be when uh, Sean Payton becomes his new head coach next year. You know, Dak Prescott's gonna light the league on fire, man. I keep, I know it. Keep when dreaming. Sean Payton, uh, keep, becomes,
1: keep dreaming.
2: Um yeah well what what's gonna do or we're gonna do is we'll give you Zeke Elliott and we'll take Sean Payton and uh the rest will be history. I yeah. mean y'all need a running back, you because know, you 'cause y'all don't know if y'all gonna have Alvin Kamara next year. So we'll give y'all Zeke Elliott, we'll take Sean Payton and uh also we'll throw you in the trade with us so you can get on the Cowboys bandwagon. How you like that?
1: Oh boy. You need to stop that. <laughs> you need to stop that. All right,
2: that's all I all right. That's all I got for you for all we right. the boys.
1: Take care. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes,
3: sir. Let me ask you a question, Kevin. I'm listening. How many games have the Astro 1, Kevin?
1: What, I think 71?
3: How many have they lost,
1: Kevin? Uh, what have they lost now, 30-something games?
3: Okay. How many games are they over 500, Kevin? About 30. 30 games over 500. Now, haven't we, haven't we been going through this for years, Kevin? Kevin, you've been doing this for, for a long time, Kevin. Your team winning games. Now I know they've been kind of losing. They had a little, you know, things were back in the day. But lately, lately. Oh, no. They, the Astros winning, are tremendous. Kevin, the team winning. Yeah. The we... team is 30, 40, 50 games above 500. in the man about a loss. Well, I just Every get so tired of Kevin, Kevin, never forget, being able to get, get a base us. hit. Don't forget, now, you told us. It's baseball. That's true. It's true. It's baseball, I'm just telling you, know? you. That's why I told you. And you see, you say I'm crazy, but I told you already. It's time for some football. This football oh. got to come. It's not coming fast enough. Because this not, baseball, we, we got, got another a 30 days. Up.
1: We got another month before football. It's not even close. Yeah, it's close. Huh? No, it's a not month close. is not close. It's a month. You know how fast a month goes by these days, Kevin Foot? Oh, not. If the Astros keep lollygagging, next month is going to be a long. It's going to seem like a long time. Long.
3: Yeah, but it, it will be really long if the Astros don't win another game, but they're going to win, so eventually they're going to stay up 30 games above 500 regardless, and you're still worried about that. Don't worry about it. Just take it easy. Take it easy. We're in the middle of the summer. You know how hot it is out here? It is hot. Take it easy, Kevin. Take it easy. Football is about to start, and all this is going to change. It's going to all change. We're going to have a different tone, a different mindset. People going to be more angry. It's, it's going to be a different thing, so you got to get ready for that, too. Don't forget now. There's been a lot of angry people for football, so don't focus too much on baseball right now because the actual was 30-plus above. So don't focus too much because you're all winning. You don't want to win too much like we always talk about. But <laughs> just take it easy. I was talking about you yesterday. And, look, don't forget, if you notice, Paul, Paul, Paul lost his mind. You know that, huh?
1: Because his Yankees are dropping?
3: <sighs> Listen to me carefully. Paul lost his mind, Kevin. I'm going to talk to you later. Okay, Bye.
1: okay. No I, look I Rockefeller's right I, and by the way, look, Astros are 71 and 41 so they they're 30 games over 500. Uh, and look I get it in the big picture I am worried about the big picture because again, they just they just don't have enough guys to play baseball. When you get it the re, the main reason why the Yankees haven't been to the World Series is because when they get to the postseason, and they don't, and they're facing teams that aren't giving up a bunch of home runs. They can't score. And I, I I'm, I mean, the Astros are heading down that road. It's like you know, they just can't ever score any runs unless they hit a home run. You can't count on that. That's why they lost to the Braves. That's why they lost to the Nationals. You got to be able to manufacture some runs. Somebody has got to be able to punch a ball to right field with a runner in scoring position. You know, Christian Vasquez, I've seen him dump that single to right before. He's gotta be able to somebody you gotta be able to score runs without home runs. That's my problem. All right. We said we were gonna get to football and I I one of the things we've been talking about all this newness. New coach for the Cajuns, new coach for LSU, new coach for the Saints. I I, I think it's a little different for the Cajuns and the Saints because yeah, there's a new head coach, but the the organizations and that word culture that they everybody loves to use it really hasn't changed very much. There's really not that much of a difference, which brings me to the question. I you know all the reporting we've been hearing coming out of New England, and again they're playing the Giants tonight on NFL Network in a, their first preseason games. I I just don't understand it like. They lose the offensive coordinator. He goes to be Josh McDaniels and he goes to be the, the head coach of the Raiders and they change their offense. Apparently pretty dramatic. Why would you change like the the um there's gonna there's always gonna be tweaks, I get that, but I don't think the Cajuns t- totally change their offense. Uh the 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 Saints aren't totally changing their offense. Like, I don't understand why you would totally change your offense when you have a second year quarterback? So essentially, he's a rookie all over again. Really, Mac Jones. Like, you're not, he's not going to be able to build on anything this year because he's having to figure out this whole new offense that apparently has got them all bum fuzzled because they don't know what's going on, if you believe any of the reports. They got this bozo, Matt Patricia, who's a former defensive coordinator. Who He's always seemed like a, a a bozo to me. And, and supposedly he's the OC. And if you read between the lines, sounds like Belichick's really going to be calling the plays. Belichick's one of the great defensive minds of all time. Now, I'm not saying the man can't coach. He's arguably the best coach ever, but he's a – so you got two defensive guys. You're totally changing your offense with a second-year quarterback. I just don't understand that. That's why, and again, you got the same, not all the same people, but many of the same people who were like, "What are the? what is going on with the Patriots? Oh, the Saints are going to be terrible because they don't have a Well, the Saints have maintained continuity. The Saints have voted for continuity. They promoted from within, I mean, not a lot has changed other than Casper is not there. I mean, what else has changed? Because Dennis Allen's still going to run the defense. He's still got roughly the same assistant coaches. Pete CorMichael's coached more games for the Saints than Casper Aquita did by, by, like, what, Twenty games. He's coached like twenty more games than Casper Aquiter because he he called all the plays through the whole Bounty Gate season, and Casper got hurt a couple. You know, he missed like two or three games over the years for various reasons, and and Carmichael called those plays. So he's coached like twenty more games that uh, offensively than Casper Aquiter. So I don't know. I I I really don't get why you would vote to not continue. Now, you might say, well, this is Josh McDaniel's offense, and we don't know how to run it. Really? I mean, that guy was there forever. I just, I don't know, that number they keep throwing out there, they coach like 280 or whatever games together. Like, they they don't know the offense? And if they were that displeased with the offense, I mean, to be fair, the offense the last few years hasn't been very good. Now, most of us think have, have viewed that as they had per- serious personnel issues on the offensive side of the ball. That seems logical to me. I mean, that's why Brady said, I'm out of here. I, I, what, you want me to earn it? Oh, no, Cat. I'm going somewhere where I got... I want the more I want talented receivers. I want a great defense. I I want to go where I don't have to, you know, no. This, I'm Pleasure Cruise Tomcat. I mean, and so he got out of there uh after a fairly mediocre season by his standards. And so the offense had some issues personnel-wise and still kind of does. But um so I don't know. I, I I think continuity makes sense. I mean, there's been examples over the years. You you you. Um, the Cowboys had this great run. They got rid of Jimmy Johnson. Barry Switzer, of all people, became the head coach, and they still won the Super Bowl because they had continuity. Yeah, the head coach was different, but it wasn't all that different. What was that guy uh, now look, Barry Switzer, you know that wasn't gonna last long and that that was just a one or two year thing, and I get that, but right now we're just talking about this year. um he had the guy at Miami uh what's his name o x cowboy assistant he went to took the job as the Cleveland Browns head coach out of the blue and and, and left the program um and left the program this great football team to an assistant coach and, and they won the the national championship. So, you know, I, I I don't I think continuity means something. Um no question. I, I, I think I think continuity means something. So I don't know what the Patriots are doing. I really don't get it. But I think on the flip side, what the Saints are doing Makes more sense. Like, why change everything? All you're doing is inviting chaos. And it sure seems like that's what the Patriots are doing. So, look, Belichick is going, you know, to the beat of his weird drum for a long time. And he's won a lot of games and he's arguably the best coach in NFL history. But, but I, I don't get what they're doing. And I, I prefer to, I, I prefer going the continuity route. So, we'll see how. Uh, those different situations play out as the season goes on. For now, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one oh four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Come back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103 7 Lafayette, 104 1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, they will be playing this afternoon. 110 first pitch. Some cat named Reagans against Framber Valdez. Um. I, 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 this streak of, you know, me, I don't like setting, breaking records and all that kind of stuff. You don't mess with that stuff. Uh um, Astros were like the first team in American League history to have three pitchers with consecutive quality short streaks. Um, well, technically, Verlander, even though he got outpitched by the great Glenn Otto last night, um, he had a, a quality start because he gave up three runs in six innings. Um, Urquidy got lit, and Framber's, Framber's only like two or three games away from setting the all-time astral record for consecutive quality starts. Uh, and so uh, I was kind of hoping in his last start he would give up four because the Astros were on the road, so they were able to score runs. I mean, they could score runs on the road, but at home, I mean, how do you score runs? I mean, how do you score runs? You got – you got it's 315 down the right field line. What is it, about 320, 325 down the – I mean, down the left field line, like about 325 down the right field line. I mean, how do you hit the ball that far? Um, but never score runs at home. But on the road they had scored a bunch of runs at Cleveland and, and and I was hoping he'd give up four and they'd win the game, you know, 8 to 5 or something and and get finished with all that consecutive history making junk. And you know, cuz I mean the Piper's paying attention. Y'all all think the Piper don't pay attention, but he does. So I, I don't want I don't want any part of all that foolishness. But anyway, that game today one first pitch and you can hear all the action right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also, want to remind you the Arnaville Volunteer Fire Department's hosting a Black Pot Cookoff on Saturday, September the 10th. The cookoff begins at 8 o'clock. Eating starts at noon at the Flower Auditorium in Arnaville. There'll be plenty of live music, including Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco, Dustin Sonia. And sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit ornevillefire.org All right, so we've got um it's Thursday. We got some preseason games tonight, some preseason games tomorrow, and the Saints play a preseason game on Saturday, seven o'clock, and you can see that game, uh, on channel three here locally. So yesterday, the saints cut Malcolm Brown. So on this show, we've been yearning for, to add quality running back depth since last off, since like last May or April, we've been talking about this again, way before the 41 went to Las Vegas. Uh, The, the, Most people's concept or discussion about adding running back depth is based on um, Z28's trip to Las Vegas. We were talking about that way before that. I don't want Z28 to become a dump truck. See the Benedict Arnolds. And, 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 And so... They they tried to get a bunch of guys, brought him in, didn't happen. They finally sound Malcolm Brown, and they've already cut him. Now, again, I, I wasn't a huge Malcolm Brown guy. It wasn't like, oh, I wanted Malcolm Brown, but he's a veteran running back. And so I was open to the idea of him, and already he's cut. So does that mean he just didn't fit into this offense? Does that mean he's seriously lost a step? Does that mean they really like what they have in Abram Smith and, God forbid, Tony Jones. Tony Jones. Please tell me this isn't going to happen. Please tell me Tony Jones on Saturday night is not going to rush for like 120 yards and everybody's going to be going, you see Tony Jones? Let's just... Bank on Tony Jones. That's all we heard. Oh, Tony Jones. (sighs) I mean, it's not like I really don't hate the guy. He didn't keep him. He didn't cut Murray. But I could just see it now. Tony Jones going to rush for 120 yards Saturday night. And everybody's gonna be going. What do you need to go out and get people for? You got the great Tony Jones. Um, there's a name that I don't love this guy, but I like his skill set pretty much. And I you keep hearing hints. Saw it again today that Ronald Jones, the ex Yuck, might not make the Chiefs team. Like, he he's supposedly on the bubble. And they've been talking about that at the beginning of the camp for whatever reason. He's not – they got some uh, – I can't remember the guy's name. Is it Pacheco? I don't know. He, a guy I never heard of is supposedly flashing in Chiefs camp, running back. Um. And Ronald Jones apparently is – square peg round hole with the chiefs offense i don't know why it seemed like even matt fit in pretty well there now he hasn't been cut but could that be something i mean again we talked about that as an option before let's wait to see who gets cut and they can pick up a backup running back you know after the third preseason game or after the second preseason game, uh, something like that. So Ronald Jones is what I'm saying, is another guy to keep an eye on. He's still relatively young. He's he's had a few good performances, but he's never been consistently kind of what people thought he would be when he came out of USC. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm just saying he intrigues me. Uh, He can catch the ball of the backfield and and he and he has some home run distance. Uh again, he's not great, but plus you gotta love the whole rivalry thing with the Yucks. You know, you know it'll we'll be all fired up to play the Yucks. So um just something to keep an eye on. Ronald Jones is not um is not a lock apparently. So, And I'm sure there's a couple other uh, veteran running backs who will fit that bill who might get cut for whatever reason, don't fit in or whatever. And, and so it's not over, but here we go, still, still in need of another running back. I mean, this is getting old. We've been talking about this for 15 months, and it still hasn't been solved. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on this lollygagger Thursday Edition of footnotes on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Welcome back to FootNotes. Kevin Foote on the go, on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. All right, so we'll be talking more football. Plan on the original plan was that we were going to start our um, our weekly interview with the Guru about fantasy football, but that had to get postponed till next week. So next Thursday is the plan. We will start our weekly interview talking fantasy football with the Guru. But even though the Guru won't be with us, we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little, um, a few issues, touch on a few. Kind of football through a fantasy football eye in in, in the next hour, but um, so we'll we we'll, you know we'll do that and some uh, some other football issues, even touch on some interesting things that um, Coach Des said yesterday at his biweekly press conference. Uh, heading into Saturday's first scrimmage of the of the of the Cajuns' August camp, so we'll do some of that in the in in the next um, in the second hour as well as we kind of head towards a weekend that again it's a it's going to be a big weekend for colleges all over the country. Of course, you know it's it's mostly CIA stuff, you know, all behind the scenes. You know, I was talking about yesterday, bringing up the idea of colleges having preseason games one day, since colleges want to be like the pros. But I, I don't. I mean, if you have preseason games, I mean, what are, you, what are they gonna? What, what, what would they do? You know, and I don't know how that sits into this whole CIA method of college football over the last twenty years. So I don't know. We won't know much about it, is what I'm saying. But uh, it, you know, some it'll be some significant. Inter-squad scrimmages that could decide some quarterback spots and offensive line spots and running back spots all over the country. So that's kind of big weekend for football. But again, a lot of it on the college side will be behind the scenes. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake
0: Charles. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You can uh, watch us as always on the Simulcast Stadium, 32.3 and on 133 on L. U.S. fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Got some good therapy from Rockefeller today. Needed that a little bit. You always need that's part of what we do here. Give each other a little therapy. Give each other some food for thought. So if you want to talk about baseball, college football, NFL football, and whatever else in the world of sports, that uh, might interest you, certainly feel free to um, call us on the game hotline again, seven zero six zero one one one. I want to get back to this running back situation. We are, I, I, I still think after all this time, and I say that, I, the, the running back in the NFL, it, it's, it's been in a transition for a while now. For, for a long, long time, you had a running back. And whether it's the um, – you still have that a lot at the high school level, especially around here, where you'll have a, a workhorse, what we call a bell cow running back. And so that guy gets the ball, you know, whatever, 25 times a game, you know, there's a couple. There were a handful of guys, you know, get it, you know, even more than that, almost thirty times a game. It's probably a little too much, but that that still happens fairly often at the high school level. You have a stud and you kind of ride him. Um, you know, the Cajuns for years now of gone with like a three-headed monster, and so, which leads right to the point that I'm getting to, and because you know, even at the NFL. Like you have a you have a handful of just guys like Derek Henry who were with you know Jonathan Taylor became last year, which you'd call that bell cow running back. But so many others, you' it, it's all a committee. And so let, 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 let's say let's go back to the Cajuns example of the three-headed monster. You know, when was that three years ago when they had Raymond Calais, and Trey Regus and Elijah Mitchell, who was the starter? Well, it kind of depended on the game. I mean sometimes Regus started um sometimes Elijah Mitchell because again started for that. what does that even mean? It means nothing because they're all three playing. You never know. So like who who was the first string running back? Probably most people would say Mitchell, but on any other game, it could have been Reagans. could have been Kale. So you're telling me Raymond Kale was a third-string running back his senior year at UL? No, he wasn't. They were all first-string running backs because it was a committee. And, and and that's the thing that I keep – I still think people are missing about – and obviously I'm talking about the Saints, but about other running backs. It's not just a Saint issue. It's all over the league unless you have, you know, like a Derrick Henry or a uh, Jonathan Taylor as your running back. They're, they're, the What people consider, like Mark Ingram is not a backup running back. I mean, if you look at a depth chart he is, but, but, but what I'm saying is if you're the backup center, you hardly ever play. But if you're the backup running back, you you play a lot of plays. You might start the game. I mean, the first play of the game, very possibly, um, Z28 might be lining up in the slot. And, and, and Superman is lining up in the backfield. He's technically the starting running back, if you believe in all that starting garbage. What I'm saying is, What we consider the third string or the depth running back is really the backup. Nobody, hardly anyone, unless maybe you could argue when he's healthy, a Derrick Henry, hardly nobody has one starting running back and then a backup who hardly plays. Like he's the backup center or the backup left tackle. There are a lot of times where they're both on the field at the same time. Who's the backup? So what I'm crying for, it, it, you know, this idea well, they, they already have a starter and they have a backup. Well, why is that important? Because the th- the quote-unquote third running back is a backup. He's not really the third running back. I think people miss that on running back. It's kind of like I consider – the third cornerback, a starter. You say, we already have two starting cornerbacks. Well, no. You have three starting cornerbacks. Because how many games do you play the majority of your plays on defense with three cornerbacks in the game because of when you're playing a passing team? Now, you may not do that as much if you're playing, like, I keep using the Derrick Henry example, the Tennessee Titans. But not, that's more of a, you might not do that against, like, if you're playing the Ravens. But most teams that you play, your third cornerback's a starter because he's playing almost—you know—he's playing a majority of plays on on defense. So again, I, I think people—it's not so much how many carries you get; it's it's your likelihood to be on the field. And if you have a good one, then that might increase, and you can take the load off. In the Saints example, forty-one, Z twenty-eight. I don't want to make him a dump truck. Have no interest in that. None. None. I've been trying to fight that for two years. Got to get a running back. Now, again, they've seen Abram Smith. Things are a little different. I haven't seen him. Hopefully, come um, Saturday, we'll get to see him a little bit. I mean, you know, we understand that we have, like, Tony Jones on the team. And so, you know, I mean, I don't know if Abram Smith's going to get any carries. I mean, when you have Tony Jones, why, why do you need anyone else, right? But hopefully we'll get a chance to see Smith. And they have they seen him enough to be able to make a decision? I don't know. I don't know. But I know this, they, they got to have one. Got to have one. Now, the other interesting name here is this Kurt Merrick who – some people are saying can be like Ty Montgomery was, where if you need him to play running back, he can. If you need him to play wide receiver, he can. Now, I don't know how in the world he's going to crack the top five at wide receiver. You know who's the least talked about, most important player on the Saints team right now? <laughs> Speaking of wide receiver, nobody knows his name anymore because he changed it, but this cat Deontay Hardy. I mean, how do how? How are you gonna def- if, if if the Saints stay healthy? No one's even talking about this guy. Everyone's talking about the top three receivers: West Chandler, Super- Plastic Man's back, and uh, Jarvis Landry. We haven't come up with a nickname for him yet. Deontay. We'll see what West Chandler does, but. Deontay Hardy, in my mind, is still a bigger play guy than any of those guys. Big play potential. So when you had no plastic man over the last two years and you had no Wes Chandler on your team and you had no Jarvis Landry on your team, it it was harder for him to get big plays because there wasn't really hardly anyone else on the field to, to focus on as an opposing defensive back. But now you got all these other guys, and again, I'm Mister Glass Half Full. I, I still believe in in Troutman. I know most of you are ready to throw him in the river, as our old friend Saint used to say. But um, but I'm not ready to do that. I still I I still you know to me it's not as bad as the Troutman is not. He's had more of an opportunity than like Daniel the Jan, Daniel Jones example I gave. But to me, this is this is this is this is the year. I'm still believe Troutman's gonna all reports out of camp is that he's doing very well. And I'm with perfectly, totally willing and and confident he's gonna have a good season this year. Uh again, the other thing, one tight end other than quarterbacks is the toughest position to learn, and most tight ends don't do a whole lot their first couple years. And two, he had the pandemic and all that other stuff, to, and 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 operating within an offense that was just filled with disarray, filled with injuries and filled with disarray. So, um, I, I I still believe he's going to be good. So, with all of those options, I, I don't know how I, I think. I don't know how many balls he's going to catch, but I think you know he 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 sh- he needs to lead the league. In average yards per catch this year, Deontay Harding, that cat needs to lead. It. I mean, I, he needs to have big play after big play after big play. Again, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna have like 50 catches or anything, but he needs to. He needs to average a high amount of yards. they you, you know, I, I just don't see how you're gonna be able to focus on him when he's on the field with all the other options that they have now with this rebuilt, rebuilding program. <laughs> Oh, that cat said the Saints need to just shut it all down and start over. Just get rid of everybody and start over. What are you talking about? Um, again, the game hotline is 706-0111. So I think we'll see. Maybe they've already made up their mind. I mean, who? what do we need Malcolm Brown for? We got Tony Jones. We don't need Malcolm Brown. We got Tony Jones. We like this cat, Abram Smith. But how is he going to play? After all, we've got Tony Jones. Maybe that's the case. We'll see uh, if that's even possible based on what happens in these first couple preseason games, starting Saturday. But um, <clears throat> we'll see how it, it 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 plays out. I I still wish they would go out and get another running back. In the last hour, they brought up Ronald Jones, but it, but 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 my point of this segment is don't get caught up in. Well, they already, you know, what you know. It's the third string running back. The third string running back is not a third string player. He's a backup. The third running back is because many in many plays, forty one's going to be. How many times have you seen it? He makes a run. He goes to the sideline. The other guy's in. It's like 1-1-A. Superman is not a backup running back. Got to get that out of our minds. Many times they're both on the field at the same time or 41 makes a play, he gets hit, he stays on the sideline, Superman runs in. That doesn't happen with at most any other position other than like cornerback or wide receiver or defensive line. But like that doesn't happen with um, the quarterback doesn't happen with the offensive line. Doesn't happen. Uh, it happens somewhat with linebackers. Like Demario Davis just doesn't come out of the field, off the field, very often. His backup is a backup. Your quote-unquote backup running back is essentially a starter. It's one one a. It's not one two three. It's one one a two. So that third running back, whoever it ends up being, is very important in my mind very important so we'll see how that plays out so again when I hear people talk about man they got this guy and that guy I think you're missing I think most most analysts and most fans miss the boat on the running back situation miss it all right we will take a timeout. when we come back I want to kind of like we said start kind of thinking I'm sure there's I'm sure Guru's probably only it been, already been in four or five drafts. Some people have uh, – we heard um, Miguez and Mesh arguing about a fantasy draft that they had a, seemingly about two months ago in July. I can't even imagine having a fantasy draft in July. I don't even know who's on whose team. Uh, <clears throat> so many of you have probably already started fantasy. So we haven't touched on it at all on this show. But I want again, next Thursday, a week from today – we're going to have the guru on, and we're going to start our weekly visits talking about fantasy football. But want to kind of start it today and discussing some isolated team situations and player situations with fantasy in mind, and we'll start that next on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Johnson throws. Butte's got it wide open at the 10. First.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 11th, 1919. The Green Bay Packers football club is officially founded by George Calhoun and Curly Lambeau. The club is named after sponsor, the Indian Packing Company. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 103 7 Lafayette, 104 1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Once again, Astros playing a day game today. Game three of the series against the Rangers. Got their faces crushed last night. Um, Astros will play the Rangers. At 110 today, scheduled first pitch, for Amber Valdez against Reagans. We'll see if the Astros lose yet another series to a team they're about 20 games up on. But we'll see how that plays out for my um own purposes and for the Astros' sake. Sure hope they can win. We'll see what happens today. Want to remind you the game clubhouse. If you haven't signed up yet, you can't win those Astro tickets we talked about earlier. And you can't win other kind of prizes, such as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, or a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. You can't win any of these prizes unless you join the clubhouse. So go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Free, simple. So our suggestion is to sign up today if you have not already done so. All right. Said I wanted to kind of start the ball rolling on this show, talking some fantasy football. I'm going to start with a guy that is, you know, probably the most nauseating guy in the whole league for me because I think from a fantasy standpoint, it's very interesting, not just from fantasy but from a football standpoint. And that is um, Mr. Arrogant Aaron Rodgers. I've seen him ranked. We're talking about the, the returning MVP. I've seen him ranked as low as 15th. In other words, middle of the pack as a fantasy quarterback. They're not saying, well, I'm not speaking for them, but my perception is they're not saying he's the 15th best quarterback in the league. They're saying he's the 15th, in their opinion, the 15th ranked fantasy quarterback in the league because Devontae Adams is not there, I would assume. That's the biggest reason why. Um, It's funny because... When... If you look at his numbers, when Devontae Adams is not there, they're actually good. They've actually been very successful. He's actually done just fine. It's kind of like... I think a lot of people... Are down on the Saints because Casper the Quitter's not there. But when Casper the Quitter wasn't there, the offense did fine for the most part. It didn't look that different. Um. Now, there was that, you might say, well, what, the last time he wasn't there was that game at Tampa. But again, the Saints were playing with, they had nobody on offense. I'm talking about the two thousand I'm talking about the Bounty Gate season. The offense was not the problem that year. They had Steve Spagnola defense. As a Saints fan, don't you hate watching the Chiefs play because you gotta watch Steve Spagnola's stupid face on the sidelines like and that, that defense that year was like one of the worst in NFL history. But anyway, um the another reason is the Saints lost their starting left tackle, Teron Armstead, who all of us love. But it's not like the Saints don't know what life without Terran Armstead is like because he was—he never was on the field. He was always hurt. They know very much what life without Terran Armstead is. So that's not going to be a new thing either. And to that point, Rodgers has played without Adams, and it's a smaller sample size, but it has been pretty successful, that small sample size. So that that adds to me to the intrigue of, you know, there are some fantasy people don't even hardly believe in picking quarterbacks, but if you do, then do you real? Are you really going to rank him that low? Now, <clears throat> some people were very high on Christian Watson, the rookie wide receiver. A lot of people wanted the Saints to pick Christian Watson. He's ha- he's not had a good camp. He's been hurt. Still on got injury issues. So how much of an impact is he really going to be able to make? I picked up Alan Lazard late last season. So say he's the number one wide receiver now. So along that same line, how do you – how high and how much do you trust a guy who's never really done a whole lot like Lazard when – you have a rookie like Christian Watson has hardly played so far in camp because of injuries. So, hmm. Plus, wide receiver—it's not tight end, it's not quarterback, but not—you know—I think we've been. Jamar, Jamar Chase is obviously special. Justin Jefferson, obviously, special wide receivers. So, because they've done well, there's some people that oh, if you're a rookie wide receiver, you can do well, right? Uh, not all of them do well right off the bat. Let's let's calm down on that a little bit. But um, now they're doing better quicker than they did 10 years ago and 20 years ago. I agree with that. But they don't all do that well. So he, so that whole Packer passing game situation, if it's not number one, but it, it, it's pretty high on the list of, man, you got to figure out what you believe there as a fantasy person. You got you to gotta, you gotta figure that out. Speaking of Devontae Adams, he went to the Raiders. Uh, I've had Darren Waller before and he's done very well but with Adams does that diminish Waller and having Waller and the other weapons because they you know he's not going to a system that doesn't have any weapons they've got weapons in, in in Oakland I mean in Oakland in Las Vegas they've they passed the ball pretty well last year. Derek Carr is right on the verge of some people talk looking you know being like a top 10 quarterback. A lot of people have been down on him in his career, but right now, you know opinions of Derek Carr on the are kind of on the upswing. So the, they already have a pretty productive offense, and now they're adding the best receiver in football in the minds of most people to their offense. So I wouldn't think that he would get the targets that he got. In Green Bay, when they when you know whoever their number two wide receiver was was relatively inconsequential. So I I don't really know uh, how much you know how far to to drop Waller and the other weapons that the Raiders have. And so that to me that that that's an interesting scenario. Another one is Kirk Cousins. A lot of people, everyone loves to laugh at Kirk Cousins. And, of course, he's laughing the loudest because he hasn't achieved that much from a winning standpoint. And the guy's one of the richest players in the whole NFL. The guy's made a ton of money. You think he's worried about you making fun of him? That cat is, you know, he's beat the system. I mean, he is, you know, all this franchise stuff, this cat has beat the system. He's figured it out. But – We talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. If you believe all the reports, him and Zimmer hate each other. Well, Zimmer's not there anymore. So what impact could that have on him? And they've got good tight ends. They've got two-plus receivers. Uh, And when healthy, got a great running back. Again, the Vikings defensively have been a problem. But offensively, they've got weapons, so I think some people have Kirk Cousins too too low on their list, on their fantasy quarterback list. Um, you know, as far as the others, you know, it, it's really judging on injuries or, you know, what kind of quarterback you like. I mean, you can't hardly go wrong with the top five or six or seven guys, but... Uh, again, a lot of rankings, you know, a lot of people, I don't think Rogers will be picked that high. So, and, and certainly Kirk cousins won't. So I think those are are some to keep an eye on. The, the other situation is running backs. I've been fantasy wise. And of course it was going to, when we talk to guru, it'll be our first subject of conversation. It sure seems to me that there are fewer bell cow running backs than there used to be. Obviously Jonathan Taylor, Is taken over after the year he had last year. But, like, how high in your draft, if you've already had one, or you're about to have one, are you willing to take McCaffrey? Can you trust this guy? I've had the guy the last two years in one of my leagues. And I've got nothing out of him. Nothing. You pick him in the first round because you got to, right? I mean, everybody tells you. You're a complete idiot if you don't pick that guy in the first round if he's on the board. Well, I did it the last two years, and I got nothing. I'd have been better off picking myself. Or just as good. It would have been less frustrating. So I mean, wh- how early can you really pick that guy? Can you really trust that he's going to be healthy? I've heard a difference of opinion on Derrick Henry. Is Derrick Henry, you know, he, you know, he's he has all these great highlights and stiff arms and he's he's a bull. Couldn't convert a thirty-one last year, though, when it na- when it mattered. Of course, I understand no line; it's a, it's a team game. It's not about one player. But um, you wonder if at what point all the carries are going to start to to pile up, and he's going to slip from being that super elite running back. I I don't know that that's going to happen yet, just yet. But might not be. I I just think. I think over the years there's a lot of second and third round talent running backs that are picked in the first round just because every uh, fantasy owners feel the obligation to pick a running back uh, a running back in the first round. But I just think there's a huge chunk of um, running backs that are in that not that elite level, but in that very next level. I think that. I think that next level, you know, is a lot more populated. Saquon Barkley, same thing as McCaffrey, except for I think he's heading in a different direction. I think, I think, do you as a fantasy owner, do you really, do you not think that Barkley has a better chance of being healthy this year than McCaffrey? You know, I'm sure there's a difference of opinion on there. They've both been. Totally messed up the last two or three years with injuries, but there, there there's that uh, you're starting to hear that underground of support uh, that Barkley's going to have a comeback here, and that they're going to be Dayball's going to be able to utilize him, and Dayball, as good as he did as an offensive coordinator for the Bills. Other than Singletary here or there, really, they, he's never really had that really good running back to play with in his offense, and that Barkley's going to allow his offense to do even better from a um, versatility standpoint. Uh, and so we'll see, again another one to keep an eye on. So again, uh, it's just some of these are just real football issues. But when you look at it through fantasy glasses, kind of adds a little different twist to it. Um, the Cleveland Browns. While we're on running, I'm a big fantasy Nick Chubb guy. But how will not knowing who the quarterback is affect their running game? Then you have Kareem Hump, who wants to be traded. So how do, you, how do you how do you how how high how much stock how much confidence? do you put in Kareem Hunt, who doesn't even want to be there, and how will having really big questions at quarterback and you don't have the same wide receivers and one of your wide receivers just got hurt. He's a return guy. and He's on IR now. But, um, you know, how is that going to impact a guy like Nick Chubb, who's been a very productive fantasy running back the last couple years? So, a lot of big question marks, really. A lot of question marks in fantasy, and I'm just kind of, kind of getting to this party a little bit on, on 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 the late side here. But no, those are a few of the issues that I've kind of noticed right off the bat, and we'll get into those over the next couple of weeks as fantasy drafts are going to happen. What am I about? Uh, about nine days, ten days, a week and a half away from our first one, so I gotta I gotta giddy up. I gotta pick it up. Start. Uh, making some decisions here. All right, we will take a timeout. Come back and finish up this lollygagger edition. That's what the Astros look like right now to me. I, I just sense it. They're just about to go through this August lollygagging stage. Hopefully they prove me wrong. We'll come back on the game, one oh three seven 7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Want to talk Major League Baseball, NFL, college football, fantasy football, any of that stuff, uh, feel free to give us a call again on the game hotline, 706-0111. 706 oh one 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 I said I wanted to bring up some things that Coach Des discussed yesterday's bi-weekly presser and one of them is it's becoming pretty clear just based on what they're talking that the true freshman that may make the biggest immediate impact for the Cajuns is offensive lineman from Pineville, Cade Morrow. And, man, I, I don't even – he seemed like he was one of the later guys. And he's obviously made a big impression in camp. Asked Coach Dez yesterday, how does it look for James Ahanba? And he's the guy from Michigan State. Transfer, he is a, um, you know, a redshirt junior, so he's got more time, Certainly. In um, at the Division One level, and Coach Dez said he's as of now he's you know he's in the mix, but he's still technically on the depth chart or, uh, a second string player. Now, again, one of the things that if you remember that is was a big part of the Coach Napier philosophy. You know, and in this particular case, from Coach Sale, when they got here in 2018, that is not changing. Is they believe in playing as many players as you can, and so they're hoping to be eight or nine deep on the on the offensive line, where eight to nine guys are going to not play a lot, a lot, but going to get you know meaningful snaps and have somewhat of a rotation. Now, I believe that that rotation philosophy is going to get diminished a little bit, especially in this is what I would expect, especially in the second half of games, um, especially competitive games. But um, but so we'll see. But, no, it sounds like Moro is really um, turning some heads and creating a lot of playing time for himself. So we'll see how that plays out at one of the – of, at one of the guard positions. Uh, another thing that I, I hadn't really even thought about that was discussed yesterday is the progress that backup kicker Thomas Leo has made and that, in fact, Coach Dead said he is, you know, in very much in the mix of maybe being the kickoff guy this year. Because if you remember, uh, Kenny is coming off of an injury. Uh, he's trying to maintain his position as the place kicker. But last year, um, they had a different... He wasn't the kickoff guy, so we'll see if Leo becomes that this year, and that that that's something to keep, to keep in mind as they go into um, into this first scrimmage on Saturday. Running back, obviously, even though they still believe in a two or three-headed, really a three-headed monsters, would they like to have at running back? Chris Smith is clear-cut, you know, the guy unless he gets injured is going to lead the team and carries I don't think there, there's much of a question there um but it you know we're still hearing some p- positive reports about Kabodi is a guy who's, he's one of these guys that hasn't played a whole lot but he's he was in high school a long time ago and you know he's been in three different programs including Texas A and M he actually was switched a lot Wide receiver last year that did not go well. He got hurt and never got it kind of kind of got into the the depth chart. He's always had this tendency to want to bounce everything outside, so he's had to learn to be more of a physical inside runner. And according to Coach Dez, he's made plenty of progress. And if you remember, if you saw the spring game, he had some moments in the spring game. Kabodi did so. Kabodi's got the size. He is what. Um, see what they have him listed here at 61219 so about 220 and so you know he's got some size which they're going to need that the other thing that he said was that Draylon Washington got off to a slow start but he's been coming on of late and that that's not a you know first year I know he's a red shirt guy he was there last year but wasn't really in the mix so um you know that's a positive trend that that he's heading into and so uh I'm sure they're going to be looking closely at the running back situation because you need that depth. You know, I was talking about that at the beginning of this hour. You don't want to have – they don't want to have to – you know, Chris Smith is – um. you know, he's not what most people thought Raymond Colley was, uh, you know, going into his junior year. But but he's still – he's not Trey Regus either. And so, you know, you, they think he's healthy – uh, he's one of the leaders, if not the leader of this team, and they're going to be counting on him heavily, but but you don't want him to have to carry the ball 20 times a game. I mean, that that's not something they really believe in doing, and I, I, I totally support that. I mean, Coach Dez has mentioned it a few times. I remember Elijah Maguire senior year. I remember saying the same thing about Elijah McGuire that year and going into that year and throughout that year that I, that I've been hollering about. Um, 41, Z-28, Camaro for the Saints the last couple years. You don't want to make that guy a dump truck. Now, I don't know if I was using that term back then, but he was having to do too much. I remember asking Coach Hud going into that scene, like, who's your best blocker? And going around this time of camp that year, and he's like, Elijah McGuire. I'm like, this guy's everything? Like, that, that, that doesn't sound good and by and by midseason that year he wasn't even that effective as a running back. They were using him too much. And so I'm not saying that Chris Smith is going to be playing the same role Elijah McGuire did. I'm just saying that it, it, it it's an issue that you got you got to make sure that doesn't happen. And if your second option ends up really being Cabotie, which I don't think is good, case but if it is you're talking about a pretty inexperienced running back he's been around for a while he's not young but he's never really as they say toted the rock very much in his college career and he certainly hasn't done it as an inside runner now Terrence Williams a guy that played a little bit last season they continue to talk pretty positive about him but I don't know what his ceiling is like what is his ceiling he's a running back for Manny when they recruited him it, when they signed him, it was well, he's a linebacker, but he also plays running back, and he ended up not being a linebacker, being in the running back room. And again, he was big and physical, and he got a few carries last season. Nothing that you know wild anyone, but again, they need somebody's got to get the tough yards in the middle. Somebody's got to do that, and it sounds like he's got the best chance of being, for lack of a you know, that Trey Regus type role where he's physical. Uh, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be as good as Trey Regas, who's still an NFL roster. But um, Trey, by the way, was signed. If you haven't, uh, by the Rams recently, so uh, we'll see how how that plays out. But and he was he had, you know, did a some a few good things with the Raiders last year in camp, but didn't make it all the way through. But uh, so no, Terrence Williams is going to be very important. Like either him or Kabodi, somebody's got to step up. You know, you hope that long-term it's Draylen Washington because of how Coach uh, Napier just raved about that guy when they signed him. And he's one of these short, powerful guys that can be more like a Trey a, a Regus Trey long-term. But, no, it's going to be interesting to see the reports that we hear coming out of that first scrimmage on Saturday from the running back position as well. And so Coach Dez, I asked him, at uh at Sunbelt Conference media day how worried are you about the running back and his comment was something like maybe I'm being foolish but I'm not worried but I got to tell you I'm worried about it I want if Chris Smith gets nicked up again think about that picture if you're a Cajun fan um if Chris Smith gets nicked up or even if it's not Chris let's say you know, uh, Cabotis gets off to a good start or Williams gets off to a good start and, you know, they're doing pretty well and one of them get hurt. Suddenly a position that had all this depth about mid-season last year. Think about it. Last year you had Bailey. You had, you know, Montreal Johnson was enjoying this out-of-the-blue great freshman year. You, you know, you had Kendrell, who you had just signed. You thought you were having him. None of those guys are there anymore. They're all gone or hurt. Kendrell's not going anywhere, but he's hurt. He's out for the year. and I mean, they're going as far as their ability to help on the depth chart this year. So it's – I'm a little worried. I got to tell you, one of my biggest concerns for this Cajun team is running back depth. Now, because of that, uh, we ha- I had a story at the Advocate – today and in the the advocate.com they're really they're they're planning on leaning on it sounds like they're planning on leaning on the wide receivers with the Cajuns this year and the passing game a little more to where there's not so much pressure on the running back position partially because of some of the issues I was just discussing but but running back depth is a to me is a serious question mark coaches so far publicly anyway have not agreed to that but I that's one of fact, I, I think there are more quality options at an offensive line than there are at running back. Again, that's just my thought process. We'll see how the season plays out. Um, so, we'll, you know, again, just a little bit of an update there from from Cajun camp. All right. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game, 1037, Lafayette, 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. Oh, Joe Morgan. Every time I'm gonna hear anyone's gonna say his name, all I'm gonna think about is that 28-27 loss to the Packers. Joe Morgan made that great catch on that long play, kept it. The Saints in the game, but they lost by a point. Very, very, very frustrating game. Welcome back. Only got a few minutes left. Uh, today's edition of Footnotes. Again, Astros play day game against the Texas Rangers. 110 first pitch. Man, I need the Astros to win. We'll see if they can score some runs. By the way, I did see their lineup. Trey Mancini is in the lineup at DH. El Pedro Grande is not in the lineup, Pabon, not good. Um and they've got Icky hitting in the 3 hole. That's Kyle Tucker. Uh so kind of a little different lineup. Candy's playing at catcher. So a little little bit of a different lineup, but um Vasquez is not playing, but Mancini is in. So there's a large group of Astro fans will be greatly relieved. Personally, I'd rather have Mancini playing first base if he's going to play or left field, probably. you know, I don't know which one he can hurt you less defensively at, but and have El Pedro in the lineup. So hmm. man, he, he finally hit his home run last night and now he's not playing. So we'll see if, if this concocted lineup can um can score more than three runs in a home game. So that's my challenge to the Astros. In these next four home games. Three against the A's today against the Rangers. Can you average five runs over a four-game period against two teams with no starting pitching at all? That doesn't seem like a lot to ask. And again, if you score twelve, that don't count. It counts as eight. Not, nothing counts more than eight. I don't. I don't want to score fifteen runs in one game and two in the other. That doesn't do me any good. I don't count that stuff. Can you average five runs over a four-game period against two teams with no starting pitching? We'll see if the Astros can do that. Start today. 110 first pitch. And, again, you can hear all the action right here on the game. Appreciate the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.